Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome into the Computer America Show. We are the nation's longest-running, nationally syndicated radio talk show on computers and technology. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Ben Crossman, and I hope all of you are having a great day and ready for some Computer America. So today on the show, if, uh, you know, if, you're not, if you are a regular, this should be of no surprise. It is the first Wednesday of the month, lands on, incidentally, the first day of the month, by the way, everyone. Happy August. And, uh, yeah, we're having Mike Cermak, owner and operator of TechGuy.org, joining us in just a moment. So, with, uh, with that being said, a couple of things before we get started, including ComputerAmerica.com. That's where you'll find everything from the show notes to a link to our guest website, any articles, videos, anything and everything that we talk about here today will be included in one place. So, if you're busy, if your hands are tied, as soon as you escape, don't worry, ComputerAmerica.com has your back. And while you're there, be sure to check out the social media contest brought to you by Logitech. And uh, by the way, everyone out there who listens to or who listened to yesterday's show with uh, another one of our correspondents, Scott Schober, we are setting up a giveaway here soon. So, you know, we've been talking about his book a lot and uh, some other swag. So, you know, just for those of you who uh, really like his segments and want to check out his book, we'll be doing a giveaway so keep an eye out for that. We'll let you know more about that when it actually happens. So let's see. There's that. There's the live video stream brought to you by OWC. And you can also find that at twitch.tv forward slash computer America. All right. So all that and more right there at our website. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I can't seem to think uh, of anything. So why don't we go ahead and just bring on our guest. So uh, Mike Cermak, techguy.org. A long ter- uh, long-time Computer America correspondent, and uh, yeah, just all-around great guy. So, Mike, welcome back onto Computer America. How you doing? Uh, life is uh, life is life. Life is pretty good. I'm uh, I'm not gonna lie, pretty good. Uh, actually, my brother's flying into town from uh, from Colorado uh, later on today, so I guess he got tired of uh, you know not being rained on and decided to come over to the East Coast where tons tons of rain. But um, I, I guess I shouldn't, you know, complain about rain given what's happening over on the West Coast with uh, all the forest fires. So I don't know, uh, but life's good. There is, there is. How 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 are you doing? There you go. So hey, not half bad. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give the people a quick uh, refresher on who you are, what you do, what techguide.org is. (laughs) 
So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think the conversation that we had last month made me stop because I used to call it like uh, Computer America's tech support forum or, you know, the go-to place for tech support. But after our conversation last month, I decided to, you know, kind of uh, change my wording a bit. And it's, you know, our preferred tech uh, tech community. I, I think we're just going to leave it, you know, so it's a community of tech enthusiasts or just people looking about, you know, looking for information about technology and, you know, just kind of upplay the fact that it's not just if you have a problem. I, I believe you folks over there really enjoy it when people come, you know, problem, problems or not, they, they just come and join the conversation. So, Yeah, I saw you guys having a meltdown over the whole Microsoft Windows, uh, you know, system as a service. So that's one of the stories later on in the show. But uh, yeah, you guys definitely do that as well. So uh, hey, so why don't we go ahead and get started with uh, you know some of the articles that you sent over? This is just the latest goings on, the uh, you know most up to date you know kind of stories that you find that are interesting to talk about and know about. And by the way, this might be a first in a number of years, but. No Tesla, no Tesla, no SpaceX. <laughs> yeah, that, that that only took a second. Oh, that'll be a real poop show. So, with uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, all right, let's get an update. So last month you were talking about the fact that. You know, to to get internet to a particular building that you had, I believe it was a car wash, uh, a, a car wash building, that uh, you know you decided to go with something a little bit more do-it-yourself. Although you know the tools that you were using are not found in most people's garages, but uh, yeah, you decided to take matters into your own hands. So give us an update. Uh, last we heard. You found a place to put the antenna, but nothing had officially been, you know, kind of hooked up yet. Right. Right. I, I, I'm plenty of headroom, and, and and so far, no reports of sleepwalking in the middle of the night for the people between the beams. Just. Yeah, I, I was about to say that uh, to reverse engineer the situation a bit, it's about six minutes from Earth to Mars in terms of ping. So from your car wash station to the antenna tower, I was about to say one millisecond or so. That's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And and like I said last month, it's a uh, you know it's kind of a slippery slope that you talk you know maybe you talk to uh, some some of your neighbors, some of the other businesses around you, and say here's what I did, and they're going to go, well, can you give me internet? And yeah, you know for forty bucks a month you can get another antenna, and hey, it, you start you start up your own ISP like we said, but uh, but I'm glad that it's working and it's working and it is working well. Uh, everything from the connectivity to the speed to the latency, I mean, really doesn't sound like there's any bottlenecks that can, you know, kind of creep up. So it sounds like you have internet and you did it yourself. I, I mean, I, really though, at the uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, do you think that this was something that you're happy that you did, or were you, or did you kind of say to yourself, man, I'm doing it, but I really probably should have just had X Y Z do it. Very, very cool. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's with your own hands, know, knowing there's a problem, and then making a solution to it using you know kind of your just your brain and other people's technology, but. And then you fix your own problem. And I think that's a lot of what, uh, you know, technology kind of offers. Like a lot of technology that we talk about are smartphones and computers that, you know, come prepackaged and, you know, you just tear them open and get to using them. But the other side of technology is the, you know, is the maker community, is the, uh, you know, are the ingenious people who, like I said, just have a problem and fix it. And that's, uh, and that's what you're doing. So good stuff. It's and you know I I'm uh, you know we recently had we have Crestron in the house here it's uh, you know kind of home automation software very uh, expensive even they themselves admit to that point that yeah we were talking to them and it's like hey we want to do this we want to connect these lights we, we want to have uh, you know connected thermostat and smoke detector and things like that and you know I I from a cost point of view. Not saying you know that it's anything related to what you did, but just having some of these problems and doing it yourself, especially with some of these systems, it pays to do it yourself, to know how to do it yourself. And I think if you know how this stuff works, you're going to be happier because then you can upgrade, you can change, you can fiddle with it and get it to exactly what you yeah, and troubleshoot. And you can get exactly how you want it and you can keep it going. So this is, I think, more and more so going to be a bigger part of people's lives. It's just connecting, you know, connecting devices one to another, you know, be it through Wi-Fi like you're doing or Internet of Things. It's uh, it's going to become a bigger part of people's lives. So, okay. Yeah. Right. So I actually have a pretty good segue. It's going to be a stretch. So let's see if we can do it. You mentioned you had security cameras set up at your car wash. And so speaking of things uh, being filmed while uh, in compromising uh, cars being bathed, being filmed by security cameras, compromising position webcams, uh, somewhere in there there's a connection to uh, this email scam that you sent me uh, about uh, people potentially or at least allegedly being filmed at, uh, at very sensitive times on their computers with their Wi-Fi. Or I'm sorry, with the webcam. Yeah. 
Iya. It's and of course, you know, like we talked about the 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 wording of the email because you're right. The only information they have on you is hopefully an old password in your email address, and they're constructing everything else. They're constructing a narrative that makes you really, really, really want to send them uh, a couple of thousand dollars just so that whatever they say won't happen. Like they don't provide proof of any kind of video. They don't. Uh, you know, they don't. Right. Right. There, yeah, there, there is no video. Uh, they don't have your contacts, so they don't know all, all of your friends' emails and you know people like that. Like they don't provide any proof. But I guess you know if you were, if you were receiving calls, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, all, all, all those that you mentioned, we've uh, talked to all of them, and no, for sure. Right. And so, I, I mean, changing your passwords, I know that a lot of people don't. I actually know someone, I'm not going to name names, but uh, I've actually seen people change uh, semi-secure passwords. You know, a lot of devices nowadays are taking these things seriously where, you know, they don't come with just blank password, password anymore. They come with, you know, uh, a, blue, a blue sky 48382 or whatever. And I've seen people actually go back and change the password to password and admin to admin because that's just what they're used to. And it's like, it, it, it is. So, and you know, what you said is uh, also very, very true where if your password was compromised in the past, it's now been added to, and they actually found this list of floating around the, uh, you know, floating around the darkness, that scary thing where it's just someone copy and paste every mass uh, password breach and they copy and paste it onto this giant 11 billion item list and uh, password crackers, you know, kind of go through and try every one of these entries. So if your password has been compromised once before, it's now on this master list that is tried every single time uh, for everyone. So, you know, there is no like waiting six months and then going back to that password because it's uh, it's just never a good one anymore. So, oh, uh, have I been pwned or something? Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, and I was just talking about, you know, kind of how they, uh, you know, how they have this master list. And I always get kind of suspicious with this website. I'm like, if they were building a list of, um, you know, passwords to add to the list, I feel like, you know, because it tells you, you know, I just tried one of my passwords that's one of my, one of my more secure ones, and it's like, good news. Uh, I, I, you know, and actually, this is, a, this is actually a tip that um, I've told other people. I don't think I've said it on the show recently. Uh, one thing that, that I did, and while I never really recommend, you know, I, I just kept this at home. I was never in, like, let's say, an office with other people, but I took a sticky note. And you know, maybe you have one lying around, maybe on your webcam. And I wrote down my password, and uh, it was like 7A1Q3W4Z1T or something like that. And uh, I changed one character in there just so people you know, don't go back and try to save it. But I actually have it memorized, and I wrote it down. I used it every single day, and eventually I memorized it. And now... You know, and of course, I can add uh, you know special characters in there if I wanted to, if if a website makes me. But I feel like that's convoluted enough that I can like use that as my one master password for things like you know uh, for these other services. But like, I was always concerned. It's like you know, good news, no punish has been found of your password. I was like, what keeps them from copying that down and sending that to the list? So now it has been you know compromised, but. Uh, so far, you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it, it's right. So, so, but, but to, uh, but to reiterate, so this, uh, you know, this one going around, I'm sure that if by now, uh, most of the major email, uh, kind of providers would have caught this in spam and would have sent it to spam by now. But if you see one, uh, odds are you were probably not filmed doing anything inappropriate and you will probably not have to send anyone a couple thousand dollars via Bitcoin. So very, very cool. And, 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 and again, you brought that up, uh, you know, just because we've seen other scams uh, pop up. I, we just had a couple yesterday that we talked about. Uh, they're, they're getting trickier. You know, they're, they're getting, uh, you know, it's not just the old, hey, I'm a, uh, I'm a despondent Nigerian prince and I need you to send me your routing information so I can send you back taxes. It's, uh, they, they've gotten more clever. That's, uh, that's for sure. So. And look at all these people in the chat room typing out their passwords. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I, they have no sense of security, no sense of propriety. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Mm. <laughs> oh. Right. No, also a, a very good trick, um, and, and I, I just looked it up. Most password forms allow you to have up to 32 characters, I, I think. Uh, there's always a concern, you know, 32, 16, 24 characters, whatever it will allow you. But, you know, if you do something nonsensical, you know, uh, giraffe, ha uh, giraffe has a hammer, you know, 32, that's probably much more secure than just, you know, hammer 32. 
So, uh, right. So very, very good advice. Let's go ahead and skip on over to one of these other stories because, hey, we're almost at a half hour break. And I think we've uh, talked about like two. So tons of these. And again, all these in the show notes. Let's talk about the one making the rounds. And I thought that this was going to be a dead conversation when the courts ruled one way. And then turns out that there's a bunch of restraining orders and injunctions going on, uh, you know, going on as we speak. And it's the idea of 3D printed guns. So we've talked about 3D printers on the show before. If you don't know about them, uh, it's also called additive printing, where layer by layer, uh, generally it's plastic. Some, some kind of plastic is extruded onto a bed that can make uh, really anything that you want, as long as you have the pattern for it, as long as you have a, uh, essentially a file telling the 3D printer what to do, you can make anything uh, that could be you know, made out of plastic. So uh, I remember a couple of years ago, this was the thing where people were making like single shot uh, pistols out of 3D printed material. And you know, back then the plastic was so bad, the 3D printers were so, uh, you know, were so low resolution that I say one shot because they were kind of designed to hold like nine shots, but you shoot it once and the plastic would blow up. And they were warning people, don't print these, don't shoot them because they, they seem to have a tendency to explode in people's hands. Uh, that was the first time I heard it. Now we're looking at a world where the 3D printed gun uh, CAD files, I guess, are readily available. And a judge says that it's freedom of speech and yeah, you can't censor it. So the information is out there. And now there's this whole debate or conversation going on about the ethics and morals behind a 3D printed, untraceable, mass produced gun that can be made in really anyone's home and with no serial number, no nothing, uh, yeah, so I guess, Mike, you, you kind of uh, listed this one here. Why did this catch your eye? Well, yeah, and, and, and I mean, just real quick, I mean, this was, uh, you know, when we talked about it around, you know, around our table the other day, it was a situation of not even about once it's out, it's possible to get back because, it, like, let's say a movie, I don't know, Avatar, whatever, it, it starts with the letter A. So let's say a movie like Avatar, uh, you wanted to illegally distribute this, it, you know, through pirate sites and what have you, people can go out and download Avatar. Well, here's the thing about that. If you somehow magically wave a wand and say, all right, Avatar is no longer possi uh, possible to distribute via pirate sites. Uh, and by the way, that's the way that most of these 3D printed guns, uh, th those plans, peer-to-peer uh, -peer file sharing sites, that's how they're being distributed. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, like, unless someone goes out and recreates uh, James Cameron's avatar to a T with the same actors and the same visual effects and everything, uh, you know, that movie is impossible to recreate. These guns, though, you know, and you can see some of them that, that are available for download. 
they really aren't that hard. If you have the proper software, you could probably recreate something very, very similar in a CAD program uh, in an afternoon. Like these things are very possible. Even if you took down every single file, they'd be very possible to recreate and redistribute regardless if you got all of them in one fell swoop. So, well, and, and, and oh, I, sorry, finish the sentence and then we're going to go to break. Right, so everyone will be right back. More Computer America and more Mike Cermak, checkout.org. Everyone, stay tuned. And welcome back to the Computer America show. It is 32 minutes past the hour as we continue on here with Mike Cermak, checkout.org. And by the way, if you missed any part of today's program, you can check it out wherever podcasts are heard, be that iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Blog Talk Radio, and so much more. Uh, you can find today's show in its entirety right there. Uh, but if you're listening to us live on IRN, we thank you for that. And we continue on with, uh, with our conversation about, well, 3D-printed guns. And, uh, you know, I had to cut Mike off there just for a second. But, you know, coming back to the question of, well, if you can't, uh, I guess if you can't censor the information, if you can't censor the information of, you know, having the plans to print the guns, should you, I guess, Mike, to your point was, should you make it illegal to make them either way? Like, even if you can, should you make it illegal to do the act? (laughs) Well, and, and and you know one of uh you know one of the i guess lesser knowns if uh you know if if anyone out there is, is trying to make a missile uh you know we were just talking about people who enjoy doing things with their hands uh yeah you know it, it, if you want to do yeah yeah good so good you're on a list so uh if you wanted to do that though there are most, if not all, consumer GPS devices, and, and I've point, I'm going to tie this back into 3D printed guns, but uh, most, if not all, uh, consumer GPS devices, they, you know, they're, they're inaccurate to a certain number, like there's a little bit of fuzziness uh, that goes on with it, just so you can't be super, super accurate. That's for the military only. And just like the military, uh, I didn't know this, but if the GPS device goes a certain speed, like it goes too fast, uh, you know, faster than a commercial jet or something like that, then it will actually deactivate. It'll turn itself off just for the reason that they don't want, uh, you know, people buying off, you know, because it's more than capable of doing it. Uh, GPS is GPS, but if it moves faster than a certain speed, the GPS device will turn itself off so that it can't guide, let's say, a fast moving missile to its uh, intended target. So that's the thing that happens. I'm wondering if maybe you're thinking something like that, Mike, where a 3D printer, if it detects that it's printing some kind of part of a gun, it can say, oh, I know these patterns. I've done them before. Uh, Yeah, turn ourselves off. Like, you know, making it uh, built into the device itself that it can't do it. Right. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. So, and, and by the way, I just looked it up, uh, and I completely forgot about the money thing. Like, you can't just scan a dollar bill and print more dollar bills. Uh, first of all, that's saving, saving stu- uh, that is saving stupid people some time, so good for that. Uh, but it's also uh, 1,200 miles an hour at an altitude higher than 60,000 feet. So, uh, if you have a GPS unit, yeah. Right, right, right. But then you have to worry about, like, seagulls, and that's just uh, a whole thing. So, uh, yeah, true. So there's that, and then the money thing. I guess in my, you know, and you know, there's a lot of conversation about should this be legal. I think it's one of those cases of whether or not you make it legal. Um, you know, I I know how to do this. I'm sure you have some idea how to do this. Um, it's not something that you can really control anymore. It's it's uh, it's just going to happen. But I think if they got together with, you know, some of the bigger 3D printers, you know, uh, the maker bots of the world. I think if they make it at least a little bit difficult, then they're going to stop a lot of people from at least attempting this just to attempt it. So I think that's where we're going to kind of land on there. And, you know, some people are trying to turn this into like a sec- you know, a second amendment kind of thing. And at the same time, eh, you know, whatever. So, I I, I, I I would think the gun lobby would be so against this because, you know, they're, they're the ones who get to control and watch and monitor the flow of firearms, and this is, you know, untraceable, but either way. All right, so there's that, and, and, and by the way, I'm sure that uh, the point from a couple of years ago when we first heard about these is still relevant. Uh, if you do print one of these, because we've just talked about this, it's, it's certainly possible, if you do print one of these, uh, be careful, because they're made of plastic, and they tend to explode, so... You know, don't hold them close to your face. Uh, so, or in your, yeah, uh, do it in your offhand. So, uh, or, hey, give it to a friend. So, with that being said, uh, before we get arrested, let's talk about some of these other ones. And let's go ahead and just real quick talking about controversial topics. Uh, yeah. All right. So, there's been a lot of events happening in schools and uh, here in the U.S., uh, I kind of regret bringing this one up right up after the 3D printed gun situation, but uh, in the U.S., smartphones and phone calls and having the ability to convey information to authorities or even people or even kids' parents, uh, it's been a literal lifesaver to a lot of uh, you know to a lot of individuals uh, during times of crisis in schools. And while I can't speak to the rate of that in France. France is attempting to ban smartphones. So you have this article here from, uh, let's see, I believe you found it from Engadget, so we're going to go with that one. And, yeah, France is looking to ban smartphones in schools. So why did this one catch your eye? Mm Well, I, I feel like even having it in your locker, that would, you know, kind of defeat the purpose of having a smartphone, uh, you know, in a lot of situations that we have kind of talked about. I guess one of the, uh, let's see, uh, they said that, uh, according to the article, but experts fear excessive mobile phone use and the allure of the Internet may be fueling cyber addiction, 
sleep disruption and bullying. Um, I'm not sure, you know, sleep disruption doesn't happen during class. Uh, I, well, I, I'd hope not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But, uh, all right. So sleep disruption, that'd be too funny, but, uh, but no, no, uh, sleep disruption that happens after school at home. Uh, I don't think that that's, you know, kind of something that school can control bullying that also happens after school cyber addiction. I kind of get where they, you know, you know, this is, this is quote unquote work time. This is time that we dedicate to, uh, you know, developing your skills. And this is the time that you get to have your phone and you get to uh, socialize and do this kind of thing. I, I just don't know if banning it for, you know, six hours, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day, however long kids go to school nowadays, I don't know if that really gets, you know, to the heart of the issue of smartphones. I think France is trying to tackle Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I it's it's obviously something that they're going to work on. I mean, you'd like the ability to go in and just say, "All right, you can have your phones, keep them in your pocket, keep them on silence and do not pull them out during class." Uh, I was one of those kids that had a Nokia 3310, and I loved playing Snake, and I sat at the back of my class and played uh, Snake. Well, uh, let's see, I used the Nokia until I upgraded to the TI-83+, Plus, and I was able to play games on my calculator. Uh, so it, 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 it's like you're going to have access to it, and you wish you could make the common sense rules that you want to, but I guess the only other alternative because you can't just reason with people or you can't reason with the kids in school is to do a blanket ban and i think kids are still going to get around this uh this just kind of gives i guess a little bit of uh was a little bit of recourse you know if, if a kid is continuously uh disrupting class with his phone this gives them the ability to take it away or you know do some kind of action to go against them because i, I guess an an outright, uh, you know, carte blanche that doesn't give any recourse to people, you know, kind of being disruptive. So if nothing else, I'm hoping France is common sense. So, and let's see, uh, stuck to, uh, stuck to the chewing gum under my desk. Disgusting. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to, let's go see. Yeah. We have time for a couple more stories and I really wanted to, uh, to get this article in here. So, um, you know, you and I talked a bit before the show about CC Cleaner, or I, I always call it CC Cleaner, uh, C Cleaner, and it's a you know it's a piece of software. I think it's still up in uh, you know over at Computer America in the free software section. Uh, Pureform, Avast. Uh, recently, I think Avast purchased Pureform. Pureform was the original developer behind C Cleaner, and it was a piece of software that you know we recommended all the time to you know speed up old systems. It was kind of like a spring cleaning, uh, you know, kind of delete old unused files and, you know, get the registry uh, nice and tidy and things like that. And while it hasn't been as necessary, I think as it was back in, you know, Windows XP, Windows uh, 2000, whatever, um, it was still something that was worth doing on older systems. 
Well, I found this article, and I'm going to ask you, Mike, did you get a chance to look at the article before we get into it? So, yeah, uh, and, and, you know, uh, some things stood out to some users. They were concerned about new uh, monitoring tools that uh, that CCleaner is using. Uh, what did you, you know, kind of glean from this article? Yeah, collecting user data or, you know, kind of uh, how people use their, uh, you know, either use software or use their system while the software is running so that they can better, you know, provide a better service, quote unquote, which, which a lot of programs do. And I think that you're right to, uh, you know, to a little bit of it because a lot of programs do it. I mean, the op- odds are the operating system that you're running this program on is tracking way more information and way more identifiable information than CCleaner would ever do, uh, you know, do for you. Windows 10, just for the same reason, uh, you know, let's say you try to open up a system utility and uh, Microsoft notices that you're doing it in three or four steps, they're going to work on their on their operating system so that maybe that three or four steps turns into one step. They want a better, seamless, faster operating system just as much as you do. Um, the reason that I'm concerned about this is the fact that, first of all, they were recently purchased by Avast. So, yeah, you know, they have new kind of uh, corporate overlords to, uh, you know, to kind of answer to. And they certainly have gone from, you know, one of the best premier free tools to now one of the most pushy freemium models that you can have. They really try to push you into a paid, I think it's like 20 bucks a month uh, subscription to this service. So that's been happening. And then the other part that you mentioned there, including the fact that uh, you, you can't disable the monitoring. Uh, you know, you have to pay for the Pro Edition, which they're still pushing on you. Uh, if you hit the X, it just minimizes the program. I've seen others like that do it before, but according to this article, you can't even close it from the system tray. You have to go, yeah, yeah. You have to go into the Task Manager, you know, right-click Task Manager, find it in the running applications, and then force quit it there, which is something you normally only do if uh, if something is not acting up properly. So I think that's why. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So you have to find it. And then the other thing is the fact that you can't delete it from the startup menu because as soon as your computer starts up again and you ever use it again, it will recreate that shortcut to the uh, startup applications and it will re uh, you know kind of redesignate itself as a startup uh, program. So like it's, that's almost malware behavior, you know, in, in my book, where like you purposely delete it and then it reinstalls itself uh, just because it's not there in the first place. So, I mean, it, it's, if nothing else, I don't think this is strictly malware. I don't think it's uh, some kind of corporate, uh, you know, conspiracy, but I think it's tacky, pushy, used car salesman tactics is how I'm going to kind of describe it uh, in a software that used to be just a good software 
that we could recommend to everyone. Now it's a pushy car salesman instead of just a good application. You, you know what I mean? Right. Right, right. And and like I said, they are now part of uh, one of the larger entities. They, they're not working for themselves. They probably don't have a team of, you know, 15 volunteers. Instead, they have a team of, you know, uh, a giant corporate structure that they have to pay for. So, hey, you know, it's uh, if nothing else, this is just someone keeping an eye on it. I don't think, you know, as you said, let's see, over here on the right, C Cleaner 544, you know, the iteration before this. Now comes with uh, now comes with advertising pop-ups. They're using pop-up advertising. They're using you know uh, these tactics to get you to really uh, you know to either suck information out of you or to get you to pay. And uh, you're right. I can't blame them for that. But uh, but I can say I don't like that. That's now a feature. So uh, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, and and it had some. Well, um, I think that uh, it was Sea Cleaner. Uh, someone had it where they were injecting essentially, like they injected some some code into the program that went out to everyone's uh, computer. And I'm, I'm reading here that was back in September 2017 that that happened. So, yeah, it, well, actually, I think it was uh, it was code that was being run on Avast, who owned CC Cleaner or C Cleaner. Uh, it was code being executed on Avast servers to anyone using products such as cleaner so it wasn't just a cleaner but rather a vast the company so yeah 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 so yeah that happened back in september i mean overall it just seems like uh you know if nothing else in my mind it's going to be something that sticks in there going yeah i can recommend this still because i think it still does its job effectively i haven't heard anyone say you know, this thing causes my computer to crash or it doesn't do a good job. It's just, I'm going to have to tell people, uh, you know, try this, uh, but be careful. It's, uh, it's going to be a little uh, pushy, I guess. So, yep. So there's that one. And just want to get that out there because again, we still recommend it in our free software section. So check that out. Um, all right. So I'll let you have, uh, you know, kind of the last take on this because we probably have time for one more conversation and you know everything from Apple to fiber to uh, to anime digital assistants to uh, you know or, or even Microsoft uh, devices and service. Sure. So, 
So if anyone out there wants to uh, check out the, the video portion of the show, I have an image up there. Uh, Mike, I'm not sure if you have the video portion pulled up. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to send you a link to the – yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's an image, and this is a giant um, you know, kind of old phone copper line connection uh, with fiber kind of being right there over to the side. And it's, you know, infinitely more data is going to flow through, uh, you know, not even a, a, a finger's width of fiber optic cables as compared to, you know, two fifths worth of copper cables. Like fiber is very, very small. But doesn't just put a bee in your bonnet that we have, and like you said, admittedly lab tests that show that this is possible, maybe not real world possible, but uh, you, know, you see how much data can possibly come through a single uh, optical fiber, and you say, all right, it's possible. Now, how do we get uh, you know, cable companies to stop touting that, hey, look, we can send text for free. Look at how much money we're going to charge you for, you know, uh, unlimited uh, text and talk. And it's like, that's not even a fraction of the data that you go through. And like, and they still nickel and dime you. And we're even still talking about uh, data caps. You know, if you put in the proper infrastructure, which is, you know, this is, this is today's article. Uh, next year, we're going to have an article that goes, you know, uh, one, Let's see, was it terabyte to petabyte? And what happens when we hit one petabit a second uh, through a single fiber optic cable? When do we get data companies to stop nickel and diming us? I guess is my question. <sighs> I'm mad at them for not upgrading, uh, upgrading their infrastructure. That's, that's, uh, and, and, yeah. Oh, neat. No, no, no. It's, it's all about the infrastructure, what's already in place, because once you are hooked up to the network, uh, actually providing the service is minimal. It, it really, you know, whatever the energy cost of sending the data over the fiber cables actually is. So, and, and, you know, even in my area, um, I did some researching, and apparently the Internet speed that we're provided, um, turns out it's not an actual kind of interval. So we're being given like 300 megabits per second. So that means that we're technically wired for one gig, but it's not available because they haven't flipped the switch. So 
It's uh, it happens all the time. But hey, everyone, music in the background means that we're just about done. And Mike, I'll let you have the last word. Uh, hey, TechOut.org. Where can people go? I'm guessing TechOut.org. Very cool. And by the way, I really enjoyed the conversation we had today. So, Mike, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And uh, hopefully everything's going well with the kids, everything going well with the business. And we look forward to having you on next month. All right. Have a good one. And everyone else out there, thank you for tuning in to Computer America. And until next time, have a great day. Thank you so much. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Let's see if we can get this real quick. Tomorrow we will have on uh, Brain U Online on the skill development platform. Everyone, have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And go ahead. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.